Hello and welcome to the Sorry Meadows podcast. I'm your host for today, Reese, and this this episode we will continue ranking all 23 MCU films. In the first episode, we did ranking 23 to 12, which featured The Incredible Hulk, Thor Dark World, Thor, First Avenger, Iron Man 3, Iron Man 2, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man and Wasp, Ant-Man, Age of Ultron and Iron Man. Joining me tonight are Melanie, Mike and Sammy. How are we all? Good, good, good. 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 How are you, Reese? I'm cool. I'm always cool. You are also uh, high, high on energy today, eh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm buzzing. We don't have to talk about Iron Man 3 today. <laughs> yeah, but we do have to talk about Far From Home. Well, all right, hang on. We'll get there. So to get warmed up, <laughs> I just want to talk about the dominance of Phase 3 in the remaining films. Just how much of a step up is Phase 3? And why is it so much better than Phase 1 and 2? They just sort of found just their Well, they got Taika YTV for, for one. All at once. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just sort of found their stride with the characters, the style, the tone, expanding yeah. it at a pace that isn't just here's a, here's a film of set up and not an actual film in itself, mm. but also giving them enough time to work on the characters that they've got. It wasn't like they didn't hit the ground running, but like phase one, probably the weakest with things like Iron Man. The first, the second two Iron Man films, and one of which is in Phase Two. <laughs> whatever, Mike. Whatever. <laughs> whatever, nerd. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I kind of just agree with Sammy. I think. I also, um, first of all, yeah, they they just they have had experience now, and they're just getting better and knowing, you know, what people want to see and what not. And also, they're getting, or they got directors like smaller directors who then sort of added their own flair onto the films a little more like they got a bit more i don't know confident with getting smaller directors and they were willing to just be weird and take risks which they weren't early on yeah and i mean let's be honest like taika waititi wasn't super well known well i guess for what we do in the shadows but like that was years ago (laughs) you know (laughs) and then ragnarok really really like blew him up well he's doing star wars now isn't he i hope this is a more positive debate than last time simply because most of these films are in our top tens and i know this is this i think we've reached a point where most of these films are like three and a half stars or higher anyway Um, yeah so the first (laughs) one on this list which comes in at number 11 oh no number 12 12 yeah is uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Now, I know mm. some of you are surprised that it's so low down. It's uh, I, imagine that's be- I imagine that's because one person marked it lower than the others. Uh, it's not particularly high on my list either. But, Melanie, uh, why do you think... <laughs> why, are you, why are you the outcast on this film? Um, well, I mean, I have to say, I watched it... I think I watched it at the cinema and wasn't super into it. I think it was a bit too long... Um, yeah, there was just like bits that were a bit boring. I think especially like some action scenes were just a bit dragging on and all that. So I came out of the film thinking, ah, oh, that was a bit. Hmm. And then I rewatched it recently and was actually, I, I, it was better than I remember it being, but I was, I did still almost fall asleep during some of the action scenes, not gonna lie. <laughs> but, um, 
No, I really I liked it a lot more than I thought I would on the second watch. Yeah. Um so that's why it's a bit low down because when I made the lists that you then incorporated into this into this ranking, uh I still thought it was very boring and yeah. <laughs> um Michael Sammy, uh what are your thoughts on the film? I love this movie. I can't believe it's this low down. I've got it at number four. Same. It's my least favourite of the Russo Brothers films, but that's only because all four of those are the top ones. Uh, <laughs> it's just a really tightly crafted thriller movie. The act- it's got some of the best action in the MCU, even though none of the superheroes are that big and powerful. Like, the highway fight is great. The elevator mm. is great. Um, I just think it's really cool. Uh, Chris Evans is great in it. Um, yeah. Winter Soldier is really cool. Alexander Pierce is great. They got Robert Redford as a villain and he turned out yeah. to be one of the best ones, even though he doesn't fight anyone. It's just a really good, well-crafted movie. And it's just it's just cool. It's, it might be the coolest MCU film. I, I 100% agree with Mike, but I can appreciate people who up to now had basically gone in and watched all these sort of colourful <laughs> films with, you know, superheroes kicking the bad guy and... So I can appreciate that whilst I personally applaud it for like the tonal shift into going for more of a, an espionage sort of thriller with Captain America. Um, I can I can see why some people might find it a bit jarring and not to sort of like what they come to expect. So I can respect a little bit of where Melanie's coming from, but ultimately <laughs> you're wrong. It's great. Number four. <laughs> This this is one of my this is one of my favorite movies to bring up when idiots like Martin say that all superhero movies are the same because I like to point out this and Guardians of the Galaxy and ask them to explain how they're the same because yeah. they're well, not in any way that's true. punch that's each other true. and quip all the time maybe yeah um, I also got to say it has specialist Cameron Klein in this so you know the true <laughs> hero of all the Marvel oh films. wait. <laughs> Wait, it's got someone else in it. It's got, yeah, Ch- it's got well, Danny Pudi. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, and obviously Jim Cummings did the some. Uh, what did he do? Like CGI oh, stuff. Yeah. He did. He did. He did um, all the CGI. Come on. And we're not talking about winning a thing with Jim Cummings for listeners. We're talking about greatest Thunder director Road. with only two yeah. films: uh, Thunder, Thunder Road, Road and Snow Hollow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, although uncredited, he was probably um, Chris Evans' stunt double as well. But uh... <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. I only have one fault in this film, and it always really drags me down, and it's um, Black Widow. I think that she gets absolutely no character in this at all. Her role is to say, like, sleazy lines or just give exposition. Uh, and don't quite when you when when you compare when you compare her role in the MCU now and how she well, got in, hang on how she got incorporated into Civil War and uh, particularly Endgame, I think that it's such a disappointment that they weren't ready or they weren't confident enough yet in the character to let her be a main character. And she was just sort of reduced to this role of, right, Steve Rogers has got to go somewhere, so someone has to be in the car, someone has to be the mega spy who can go through places without... Um, without being detected, and it's just I, she gets. I mean, Scarlett Johansson is such a great actress, and she gets so little to do in this film. Um, and also, my main prob, my my least favorite scene and bit in this film is also a bit with Black Widow. It's where does she get the face changing mask from? I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> mind it if they use. They went on to use them in like later films, even if in like some minor capacity. And you can 
Harry Potter this, where they're like, oh, they destroyed the time turner room, so that's why time travel is no longer like a thing, so it's not an option. Like, if they did that, they're like, oh, the Hall of Faces, where Arya Stark works, is no longer there because they blew up in Project Insight, then that's like, it explains it, but you are right about it. I don't remember Project Insight in Game of Thrones. It's in, it's in her pocket. She literally carries it around every... I mean, I, I understand. Listen, if you're a super, 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 super duper spy, you're going to have a face changing thing and uh, you're going to have equipment that helps you disguise yourself. But we never see it again. I just don't think there's another yeah. point in the MCU where it could have come up because we don't really get much spy stuff after this. Maybe in our own movie we'll see I it. I mean, but... yeah, what we needed was just a scene of Q giving and her Ethan all this Hunt technology. And Ethan Hunt is in the background you know? just like making more furiously. <laughs> Look, I have faces too. <laughs> I do it in every movie all the time. I was Wolf Blitzer from CNN once. <laughs> no, but I do I do like this film a lot. I think you are right. I think all the action is pretty cool. And I think the stakes of this film are massive and they're always underestimated. Not only the fact that there are three mega uh, aircraft carriers that are about to shoot everyone in the world, but mm. that emotion but to bring that down to an emotional one-on-one between Bucky and Steve. I mean that that scene when they're when he's trying to get to put the memory chip or something into the uh, aircraft uh, computer, and you know Bucky stood in the way. That whole fight scene is amazing because there's so much going on. That's so much more than trying to stop everyone in the world dying. Um, this this is also the first movie <clears throat> where we get the hint that Bucky killed Tony's parents because yeah. when Toby Jones is on the screen, he's shown in the montage of things. He shows them Winter Soldier and then the newspaper clipping that Tony's parents had died in a car crash. And it was Hydra's fault. So Also, what was that what was that fight scene at the start? He had like a one on one and he starts kicking that guy. They, they just That's because it's backtrack the leaper and he's a he's a <laughs> leg guy, he jumps good. Although he he, get, he immediately gets onto the ship and he kicks a guy well off. Like a... this, is this the first example in the MCU of um the Captain America <laughs> leg day? Like No, Captain America kick, leg day is everyone. There. He just kicks everyone. There is another reason. There is another reason why this film is great, and that's uh, Anthony Mackie as Falcon. He just adds so much heart yeah. to what could have been like yeah. this really sort yeah. of dark, somber film. Like even for an MCU film, if you took him out of it, it's mm. quite a dark film. Um, but he adds like so much heart and sort of warmth to the film. He's just instantly great, and I love him. And I'm very excited for the for the show. <laughs> Sounds like someone's got a crash. I forgot about crush. one really stupid other bit. It's when um, uh, Nick Fury's in the car and he he um, laser swords his way out and there's like two seconds, like he's in the car and then Winter Soldier opens the door and there's a massive hole. <laughs> all the way through the ground. Yeah. All the way through the ground. Like, he's got a, why is he he's got a lightsaber? Uh... Like, what's going on there? Yeah, shit, you're right. <laughs> But yeah, there are, that, there are that, silly that, bits, that if you like nitpicking. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I am nitpicking because there's not much there's not much bad about this film other than little points like that. But, it's, I mean, again, the, the action is the, is so good. The On the motorway, when you've got um, Anthony Mackie with a gun at the top, you know, shooting, keeping cover, and then you've got the bit where... Um, Flippy knives. Where Black Widow gets uh, strangled by Bucky, which gets a bit of a callback in Civil War. Yeah, it's just a really well put together film. And I said, um, Alexander Pierce is easily my favourite villain wow. of the MCU. Um, not again, not because he's physical, 
but because he's because he's been controlling everything the whole time. You think I, I maybe it would have been nice to see him earlier on. I mean, you know, particularly in the Avengers film when you've got Nick Fury and he's got that he's got all the blank faces and he's telling them. I think it's a stupid ass decision. Maybe if one of them was Alexander Pierce. I mean, yeah, but one of them was Powers Booth. One of them was Powers Booth, who we got back as a villain for whole season of Adventure Shield, so that was cool. Why wouldn't Hydra want um, New York to be nuked? So, well, we know that was Hydra that wanted to. Well, nuke what New you York. We find would out describe in, in there is also what we get a little bit in Endgame, where he goes back and with the knowledge of like the Hydra infiltration, and like you do get the scene with Alexander yeah. Pierce, and obviously it's sort of like a nice sort of. It's a nice moment to have. Also, this movie has Jasper Sitwell, and he totally yeah. eats it. He dies oh. so hard. Yeah, that's the best death. That's easily the oh, best they death. Oh, they thrown out of the car. Just gets... He just shows up. And Ronan by a lot name drop. so many of these films. And no one they also <laughs> name drop Doctor like Strange that. in this, um, which I think was really interesting, considering that... At... Because this is set just after Avengers, isn't it? Because yeah, why, why was he we found that? out in why, why Endgame he that he was performing surgery during the Battle of New York. So they've got him on a watch list because he's a really good doctor. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you want in your new world is good doctors. Speaking of Doctor Strange... Next on this list, at number 11, we have Doctor Strange. And uh, Now, admittedly, I've, I think I've only seen this film twice. I saw it in cinema. And every time I go to watch it, if there's something distracting me, I just tend to not finish it. <laughs> yeah, it's a film I've started a lot, and I just got a half an hour in, and I'm gonna I'll do something else. So I don't have be much to honest. say on this film. I'm sure it's very good, and I know uh, that I know that I, Sally loves it. I'm not so. like in love with it. I do really like it. It's one of my favorite MCU origin films. Um, this and Homecoming probably like my top two. And I'll be honest, I think I'm pretty biased because I just really love his power set and the visuals and stuff that come with it and the whole aesthetic of the film is something I really admire and am really engrossed in. Um, yeah, like as, a, as an origin story, it's not the strongest. Uh, like I think Mads Mikkelsen is wasted a little bit in his role because he's like, for me, he's one of those S-tier actors. And you've just sort of made him run around and not really given anything sort of almost worthy of his status. It's sort of like how they wasted Fishburne in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I think it's not that the character he's playing, was it Caecilius, is bad. But I feel like you just cast the wrong guy or you didn't make the villain as good as it could have been because you've got this great actor in. So... But I, as I said, I really like the aesthetic. I'm very, very amped for Doctor Strange 2. Uh, I think it it has the potential to be... Having seen none of it, I'm going to go in and be like, this is going to be my new favourite MCU film because I just love... Because now that he's established, his some of his combat scenes in Infinity War and stuff are my favourite bits of those films. So having a whole film of just him already being great, I'm really looking forward to. And I will pass on the mic now. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Uh, I love this movie. It's very cool. It's it just hits my top ten. It's a number ten on my list. It looks awesome. I love the whole mirror dimension aesthetic. My only massive problem with it is that it's got two fantastic actors in Mads Mikkelsen and Rachel McAdams, and it wastes them both massively. But I love the film as a whole. I think Wong is great. Um, 
I think Bendit Cumberbatch is very, very good as Doctor Strange. I was massively hoping that it would be Pedro Pascal playing him before this movie came out. And now oh that but as soon as I saw Bendit Cumberbatch, I couldn't yeah. imagine anyone else in that role. So yeah, I love this movie. I just think it looks awesome and it's very visually entertaining. Pedro, Pedro Pascal, Pascal should be playing... He should be playing Craven the Hunter as a Spider-Man villain. No, no. you want Jason? No, no, no I want, I want Drew I want him as anyway, a hero. I want him to come back. <laughs> Sorry, so um, on, but I know you've mentioned Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, for me, I think he's... I know you've mentioned like how good Robert Downey Jr. is and how good Steve Rogers... Uh, Chris Evans is Steve Rogers. For me, the person who blends in the most to the character they're playing is Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Um, like to the extent that when I'm watching Endgame, I have just a subconsciously I have no idea that's Benedict Cumberbatch, and that's how ingrained he is in that role, and I just think he's perfect for it. Sorry, Mel. Lenny, you Why'd you break her name up then, Mel Lenny? Anything in a while? Mel. Mel. Because I'm never sure <laughs> if Mel is is all right. Mel so is okay. So I say, so I'm glad Mel's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. What I was going to say is that I completely forgot that Matt Mikkelsen and Rachel McAdams were in this film. Rachel McAdams I have no recollection of them the at film. all. Even that now, even even now that she just two scenes. Yeah, even now that you're like mentioning their names. So Rachel like, McAdams is his girlfriend, or not? You know, not girlfriend. His, his, his okay. non-girlfriend, no, and Matt Mikkelsen is <laughs> the a, main she's her, like the leader of the cultists. Yeah. The main villain, like okay. that, um, that like Hannibal Lecter trap that they lop it, they chuck him in, is awesome. Like the way that it like moves all the joints around and like, locks him in place, it's kind of horrifying. Like in any other film, yeah, the yeah. Hannibal Lecter like... trap, the Hannibal Lecter <laughs> yeah. trap, you say, and Matt Mickelson. Interesting. What what do we think about the introduction of proper magic into the MCU? You know, yes. I know we've had Loki and Asgard, but we've got stuff like um, time turning back. We've got when they push their body out of their body, um, and we've got like the hand stuff. And... Yeah, because you have, as it. he says, yeah. I think in Infinity War, he's like he says that they're more about defending it on like a spiritual level from like other dimensions, whereas the Avengers are more like. We'll fight off the aliens and the robots and stuff. So I like that you have that clear divide almost. So you can not that he wouldn't be great in like an alien invasion, but you know that if there if if there's uh, <laughs> if he died, you know that if there's like a swarm of mind parasites coming from the next door dimension, you're going to call Doctor Strange, not Iron Man. Uh, I do think the one yeah. of the weakest points of this film is that Dormammu looks almost exactly like Thanos, and it's just like big purple wrinkled um does he mo- <laughs> uh, yeah i have to watch this film uh, i think i just think the aesthetic is way too similar to- <laughs> I, I think Dormammu i watched this the first time and i cool i think scene. i yawned or something or like i something when they said he was called Dormammu and then he rocked up at the end i was like oh this is a weird looking thanos and i just like <laughs> i didn't get it so you yawned like ten times. <laughs> they started saying "door," and I was just like, "Oh, that reminds me." And then like the thirty times <laughs> during that scene. I think the bit. I think the bit until he gets his powers. Maybe I'm just absolutely like <laughs> impatient as frick. Um, but I thought it was a bit boring <laughs> at the beginning. That's fair. You know, not when like just. 
him going there and like I don't know there was fun stuff with Benedict Boo though that was like I love his character Benedict Boo Benedict, right Benedict yeah. Wong plays Wong yeah yeah, yeah no? he's, he's literally called Wong Wong, Wong. oh my yeah. god <laughs> so sorry <laughs> I couldn't believe that he's in he's in the countdown episode of IT Crowd and I can never yep. believe that he plays is it um mm. what's he called what's he called ne- not negative one I forgot what his name is in it now but uh, anyway, I I do have one question about this film, which may be a topical point, which especially was when it came out, was how do you feel about the casting of Tilda Swinton as the no, ancient one? Cast anyone else? Oh, Just... really? <laughs> the yeah. One? Um, it's not. It's a. It's a uh, really I bad casting. Red. I hadn't had any other Doctor Strange media. I didn't, this was like my first sort of intro to the character, um, which for me is a testament to the film, considering how much. I really do love the character now. Uh, the big issue is that the ancient one is Tibetan. Oh, so they yeah. so they cast Tibetan, ah. which is why it's it's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, that so, that was yeah. a bad Should've idea. Should have cast then. someone else. Yeah, especially seeing as the MCU was about to become way more diverse, so yeah. they should have okay should have yeah. cast someone Tibetan. No, that's the, true. the moral yeah. of the movie is also: Hey, kids, speed, and you'll become a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shave your head as well. Um, so, um, the next, the next um, film on this list, it might be a bit of a poignant one due to quite recent events. Uh, at number ten, we have Black mm. Panther. Now, first thoughts on the film, and then maybe we can talk about uh, Bozeman's legacy and lasting impact, perhaps. Um, so, who wants to go first on this film? Uh, I, I, I'll go first on this one. Go on, because I, I do think this is a great movie. I think it's two thirds of a masterpiece, mm. um, and then it, it falls apart at the end for me. That final battle feels a lot like the last half an hour of Phantom Menace. Um, <laughs> the two two <laughs> beings fighting over a chasm, the force fields <laughs> constantly separating them. Well, two two opposing sides fight on a big field, doing uh, stuff, massive blue energy <laughs> at each other. It's it's very Phantom Menace at the end. There, there's also really stupid things in the third act, like. Black Panther loses his powers and then he falls off a cliff, but they put him in some snow, so he's fine, he survives, and then they give him his powers back. But the first two thirds are amazing. The action's great. Um, Chadwick Boseman could not have been a better casting as um, Black Panther. The I think Wakanda yeah. is really well oh, realised. I think Serkis Claw is as hilarious. Claw is... He's so <laughs> yes. infectious. You can tell he's relishing being in front of the camera without wearing all the mocap stuff. Because he's just, like, yeah. grinning inanely the whole time. And I really want to see more of him. And obviously, we can't now, so... Kill, Killmonger mm. is, I think, one of the best villains Amazing. in the MCU easily. And he's yeah. dressed like Vegeta from Dragon Ball, which is great. <laughs> I think Shuri <laughs> is great. And I wouldn't be surprised if she becomes Black Panther now. Even yeah. if she's got the worst mm. line in the entire movie, which is when she points no, out... No, that's the best line in the film. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... That's for the kids. But, <laughs> For two thirds, this film is pretty much a masterpiece, and I think it's only better when you look at its legacy and how important it went on being. Um, and it's now quite a quite a sad film too. Cause... Shuri, yeah, Shuri is obviously saying that line ironically. Okay, Mike. <laughs> no, like she's not saying Shuri it is seriously. Clearly a fan of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, th- I've got it. I've got it at fourteen, so I don't have it particularly high because I think that third act falls apart too much. Yeah. And that third mm. act for me. I can understand that. Nominated for I can understand any of these that. films, I don't think this is the one that 
that's no, got the best I, picture nomination. I completely agree with Mike in that the first two thirds of this film are excellent and are some of the best you will see of this franchise. Not only does it expand the franchise when it comes to diversity, it also manages to tell so many complex tales for so many characters. And I think the motivations of Killmonger are so interesting. The fact that, no, he's got people in all these areas ready to rise up. All he has to do is say yes and give them these weapons and he can go. Um, The Killmonger ancestral plane scene is probably my favourite scene in the MCU, without a doubt, when he goes and sees his father and, you know, his father's like, oh, I I, I failed you, Uh, what have you become? And he see, you know, the kid, he sees him as a child, you see him as a child and he's still got that same, like, raw innocence in him that he's doing this for the right reasons because he's been, you know, injustice has come over him all his life and he's just finding a way to overcome that. Where I'm, I agree. As soon as he gets thrown off the waterfall, I think that sequence where he goes and see, we go up to the um, tribe with um, Mbaku, who's a great character by the way. Mbaku and then the, the, the final, Mbaku. the final battle is terrible. I don't care. It's rubbish. It's, it's just it's, it's nothing's so happening. They really could have taken an extra month to finish and, that CGI. Oh, the CGI. Oh, and then they like to fight <laughs> on the train line and yeah, which is. I have another problem with the train scene, and that's that he's like, oh, turn on the force field because it'll shut his armour off. And then not once does he hurt him while that force field is turning his armour off. Not once. They leave, and then he fights him. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we have touched on it briefly. Um, Melanie, if you want to start on this one, maybe. Is there a future for this franchise without Chadwick Boseman? Um, I mean, yeah, like we said, like if Shuri, um, Letitia Wright, takes over... I think so, absolutely. I think she would absolutely nail it. Um, maybe she wouldn't be called Black Panther. I think she would, because as we, as we learn in Civil War, it's a title that's passed down when the previous Black Panther died. No, that's true, actually, yeah. Now I was just going to say, because you don't want to like replace, like completely replace Chadwick Boseman, but yeah, I mean... I, I canon, just hope they don't like kill him. Title. Yeah. I mean, what an impact that Chadwick Boseman has made. Like, it's just like from Civil War and this film, and then the fact that he's the one who appears first in the portal. Yeah, and he leads the charge in Infinity War. He's so ingrained in it. Um, I think maybe he settles down with Lupita Nyong'o's character, who I do think was wasted a bit, but I just don't know. I think it's disrespectful to kill him off. Hmm. Um, they also didn't do it in Furious 7, which I find really yeah, good. Yeah, scene. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can end Black Panther 2 the same way as <laughs> Furious 7, though. I don't think um, Chadwick Boseman will drive up alongside Vin Diesel <laughs> no. and then drive off in <laughs> separate directions or Charlie <laughs> No, but I'm saying, like, you can you can probably find a way to, like... Yeah. Well, yeah, do you think... It, I, I mean, I have a sneaky yeah. suspicion that there might be some pre-recorded stuff. And I, I, can, oh, only, yeah. and, and I can definitely see if there is a future um, series that there is going to be a scene in the Ancestral Plane. And I think it will be one hell of a scene if they go there. Yeah, and even if they use like the deepfake technology for like a scene or something like that, um, to like you know round it all off, that would be fine. What would be absolutely absolutely horrible is either recasting Chadwick Boseman. They, they have Don't said do never that. Not good, now, very good. Or like um, or like uh, deepfaking a full film 
which yeah, I don't I, think they I would think do that either. If anyone's going to handle it with respect, it'll be Ryan Coogler. I think he knows exactly mm. what he's doing. Mm. True, um, right? So it's Ryan Coogler. I, I think though. Um, well, we've been speaking about Black Panther. Maybe this conversation can follow into the next film in our list. So at number nine, we've got our third and final Captain America film. Um, and for me, probably an absolutely major turning point of the whole franchise, and that's Captain America Civil or War. Or Avengers, um, Avengers 2 and a half. Well, hang on. It's we'll, not we'll Avengers 2 and a half, though, because it's fully a Captain America film. Yeah, so, so Mike, do you want to open up on Civil War? Yeah, I do. This is my third favourite MCU movie. I love it. I, it's five-star easy for me, and it was since the day I first watched it. I think it's packed in loads of Avengers, and even though they've all got very little screen time. So I think they do make the effort to make it a Captain America film. I think they all get little bits that are great. Um, I think seeing Ant-Man interact with the others is very good. So we meet good. Black Panther, we meet Tom Holland's Spider-Man and they both make such a good first impression. It's the like best Tom Holland in this movie is hilarious. Well. And I knew the second I saw him, I knew the second I saw him that he'd be my favorite Spider-Man because he just felt like Spider-Man to me. I think the, the airport fight, is obviously one of the coolest fights in the MCU. I think this has got one of the best third acts in the MCU because the whole stuff, the, the like the emotional gut punch with Tony and Steve is great. I think the impact of this movie is massive. It's arguable that if it wasn't for this movie, Thanos might not have won. Um, I think this is a massive movie. It packs in so much emotion. There's loads going on. There's loads of action all the way through, but the story is great. And I think it does a really good job of being a captain america film instead of an avengers film mm. also uh, the dean's in it so <laughs> the dean's in it, yeah. yeah with his That's science true. project the dean uh, yeah. who, who is the dean of mit or something <laughs> like that no um, um melanie yeah no i was gonna say everybody always like um i don't know it's annoying <laughs> when i say they have a fist fight in a parking lot but technically it's speaking lot. it's an airport it's actually an airport well it's, it's, where, to it's be fair no, that's no, no, where but, they park but, airplanes so. exactly what, what i was going to say like also they what is an, is it what is an airport if not a parking lot for airplanes yeah, cause, right cause no. Cars on, is it? I <laughs> no um i again this was one of those films where i initially didn't love it it might be because i there was this is one of the only mcu films after Avengers, oh, the only MCU film after Avengers that I couldn't go watch at the cinema. Um, so I watched it once I was home again from my adventure um, <laughs> on a computer screen, a little one, and I just wasn't convinced by it. And now on a second watch, I like it a lot more. Um, I agree. Um, Spider-Man, absolutely fantastic. Ant-Man as well. Um, yeah, just amazing uh, i think daniel Pruhl, obviously amazing actor yeah i mean i guess i get his motivation a little bit i think the whole villain stuff is a bit overshadowed by just all I, of them all i love of them the villain, fighting. And like, yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. i like him MCU as well who won. like he got exactly yeah. what he wanted and so. i'm i'm pretty convinced that i see i see baron's um zemo i mean if you're a baron you're high up so Coming i think back that to... He's got like a big hand in the UN, I imagine. So even if Stark doesn't turn on Rogers before the end, I imagine that whatever was waiting for Steve and Bucky would have turned those two against each other instead. And people say that, oh, it's so convoluted and all this stuff has to happen. And I'm just looking to go, no, because you get all the 
It's not as if the villain and, tells you yeah, everything yeah. he's doing. You get to I see it. Want him he to shows come you every single well. step of his plan. Well, he does. He's the Very villain good. in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, nice. Absolutely outstanding film. Yeah, um, it's partic- an achievement. And I admire the scale of it. Um, my only faults are at the start, and it's this is usually a symptom to a lot symptom for a lot of these films with big um, themes and characters coming to it is that. The start is very exposition heavy, but as soon as you Mm. get past the stuff with the Sokovia Accords and you get to the real emotional Iron Man and Captain America stuff, it really defines the MCU. And it's something that, as you said before, it's been building up two or three times, like how different these two characters are. That final fight is is so heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I know that I remember the build up to this was are you Cap or Iron Man? Listen, Iron Man won that fight. Okay. He's two on one. Oh, don't he, know. He, he beat their. He he would. He was absolutely. He's absolutely Reese, trouncing Captain Reese, America. Reese, Reese, we've seen him take out a. Sammy, tank, don't do that. Taking out two people. Yeah, but uh, Super Soldier. You know. He can, um, yeah, but Steve Rogers can lift up that tank. So you know. <laughs> yeah, but the missile that blew it up. <laughs> really devastating moment in that final fight, and it's when, and it's the point you know that like the Avengers are done, and it's when. Tony's on his back, Steve's on top of him with the shield, and he lifts it up and he's about to slam it down. And you can see that the look in Tony's face is just... And then he breaks the arc reactor instead. And you can see the look in Tony's face is, oh, I actually thought Steve was about to kill me then. We, yeah. We've actually well, hit, we've actually a hit the similar point shot where I can believe that he would have killed me. Well, when I initially watched that film, I thought that I thought that um, Tony Stark like, blasted it away like with his hands. So he pushed it from his neck to his chest when I initially watched it. I'm not sure whether that checks out. Well, you have a you have a similar no, shot when so. Bucky no, uh, is like running through. He fires the gun at Tony and kill. He would have killed him if he didn't have the the Iron Man gauntlet on. True, but Bucky yeah, has yeah, no yeah. condition. He Bucky's like, the gun. Bucky's and you never have that like Tony. half a frame, but you have that half a frame where he's like, "Oh God, this guy's actually gonna kill me!" Like this is. All for real. And that's like right at the start. And from then on, you just see like the path that they all go down. Also, Reese, going back to your comment that he won because it was two and one and not fair is such BS because we've seen him fight multiple enemies in the past and win. So no, but he was he was beating the crap out of him. And then Bucky pulled his leg down. He took out Bucky and he's about to finish Steve. That's a classic wrestling tag team maneuver. The, the other one comes <laughs> what, in. What, lose your arm? Takes him lose out your arm. Not looking. The thing is, there's like there's like bits in this fight where Tony could, you know, he's got mi- his uh, his suit is full of missiles and lasers and all sorts and of that's you know all the all sorts of the weaponry. There's a point where in this film where instead he could he could go over and literally just shoot Bucky and kill him and that would be that, but he doesn't. He goes over and kicks him with like brute animalistic force and that's why he lost because. His head wasn't in the fight; it was in revenge. And Steve is a better combatant, he had a broken arm. and so is Winter Soldier. He had a broken arm and a broken suit. Yeah, he did have broken arm. He's mm. literally in a suit made of weapons. He just like... got a load of cars <laughs> thrown over him by yeah. One Division. Oh yeah, because Captain America had a really by easy time getting there, didn't by, he? By One Division, <laughs> the, the character. <laughs> There's um, there there is other one other returning character I want to bring up first, and that's that I think um General Thunderbolt Ross is very good in this film. And if there's anyone to come back from Incredible Hulk, I'm glad he was one of the ones that did. And I'm glad that he didn't get written out because that film sucked. Yeah. Um, I do have one question about this film. Is the title of this film justified? Um, yes. The, cap- the title of Civil War yeah. 
emphasizes a big um bloody battle with massive consequences and i know that for a lot of people you saying that no no and i'm saying for a lot of people (laughs) they came into this thinking oh my god we're gonna get a big fight and what turned out to be a scrap in a, no, they a, have. a, a scrap in it's a, a car fist park. fight in a parking I mean, lot. They don't because we get no, nobody. Nobody dies. We get we get ev- war machine Almost every teased. action in this scene in this movie is an Avenger versus another Avenger. The only one that's not is the Crossbones one at the start. And this movie does have massive consequences because half of the universe die because of this movie. So it does have big consequences. And also, yeah, it rips. It literally rips the Avengers apart. Yeah. <laughs> like mm. those people are just wrong. You have every war machine loses his leg. They're just. They're just... They're just wrong. Also, this is the this and is I, the origin of one division as well. So uh... yeah, yeah, they they're re- they're handled really well in like the two scenes that they have. The br- papri- paprika. Yeah, that was really cute. Like, yeah, they're really cute together, yeah. and they have like really great chemistry. Now watching one division now and like seeing those two scenes again or like three scenes or whatever, um, they're really cute together. Yeah, it does really well to show why each character is on the side that they are on, whether. It's for the accord. The accords are irrelevant. Like, yes, Iron Man believes in the accords and sort of Vision does to an extent. But, you know, Black Panther just wants revenge. Um, uh, War Machine's there because he's Tony's mate. And he sort of like believes in the establishment anyway, because he is a soldier. Vision was Jarvis. So yeah, but he's Vision not he's not Jarvis, Jarvis anymore. He's, an like, he's also part Ultron. So why isn't he on the other side? You, you know, no, that, that's why Spider-Man is the there because <laughs> Tony blackmailed him. Because and... Tony's paying him. Yeah, and just think that if um, if Andrew Garfield turned up to a press conference in Brazil, we could have had Andrew Garfield in the MCU. <laughs> so the next film on this list is one that I never thought would ever be made. That's a Spider-Man film in the MCU. So for us to have two, I'm very privileged. And so at number eight on this list, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um... Sammy, why did your vote make this li- this film so far down the list? Okay, so it's not... When I first went to watch this in the cinemas, I came out and I enjoyed it. But there was something about it that didn't quite sit with me. But, you know, I don't, like, advocate going out of your way to dislike something for the sake of it. Or I wouldn't watch a video trying to convince me why something sucks. Um, so I watched a bunch of sort of like video essays both good ones and bad ones sort of trying to understand why i felt like this i did two mcu watches last year with different people and whenever it got round to far from home i always dreaded it and i couldn't figure out why um so every time i watch this i like it a bit less mysterio is a really good iron man villain dressed up as a spider-man one um you know, I don't get why Spider-Man is in the film because Beck's whole plan is, I need Nick. Fe- <laughs> that hang on, hang on. No I, sense. <laughs> Mysterio's Mysterio's plan is, I need Nick Fury to see me beating these things so that I can be the next Iron Man. So why has he gone off to get Peter if Beck has won every fight so far? Um, Brad is just such an awful non-character. Replace him with Flash. You could flesh him and MJ out a bit more. But as it is, all of them have no personality. Um, The Netflix tween romance is serviceable at best. The plane scene at the end where Peter's like, I don't know if I can be the next Iron Man. And Happy's like, hey, it's okay, you don't have to be. And then immediately goes and makes like an (laughs) Iron Man Man suit (laughs) to ACDC. Completely undercuts the the core message. Um, I don't like Spider-Man in this film because he 
it doesn't feel like he's had someone say, with great power comes great responsibility, because he's not saying, I don't want to stop being Spider-Man for, like, because of the stress or because of, like, the duality of it all. He's just, nah, I just don't want to. I want to go on holiday. Um, I don't like um, the romance with MJ because it comes out of nowhere. And yes, the two good-looking actors being cute, so, like, it's fine. Um, also, Edith is just Project Insight, and I think we'd established that that was a bad thing. You can kill anyone in the world with these drones. Like, that's just Insight. I know you say that I don't know why he wants to go on a break, but before the events of this film, he was snapped out of his existence for five years. And before that, he just... And, for, and then had to fight the biggest yeah, battle in history. And then before that, he got kidnapped to sp- into space. And then before that, he had a building dropped on him. Yeah, if you don't want to see versions of Spider-Man that occasionally just want to take a break, then you might want to stop reading Spider-Man comics. Because, like, they celebrated his 100th issue with him injecting himself with a serum because he wanted to... No, no, it's not, it's not that so. I have a thing about Spider-Man not wanting to be Spider-Man, but for, it just sort of... He feels so inconsistent film to film. Like, his first appearance in Civil War, he's like, yeah, when you do, when you can do the right thing and then you don't, and then the people get hurt, that's on you. And I'm like, yeah, cool. That sounds like he has responsibility. Then in the second one, he's like, I want to be an Avenger, which I kind of, I guess, makes sense because he sort of like looks up to Tony a bit more. But in this, you know, he's supposed to like look out for the little guy. Mysterio in this film is the little guy who was trodden on by the big guy, which was Tony. And like, yes, he wasn't in the best frame of mind, but like the little guy that Peter wants to defend out of Tony Stark and Mysterio is Mysterio like Iron Man's the one wrapped in wealth and power and stuff so (laughs) if you guys like it that's fine but I dread watching this film whenever it comes to it and I like it less and less which is a shame because it really did spark my love for Mysterio in the comics like my first comics that I read uh Spider-Man ones were Mysterio ones like I love the comic book Mysterio and I just, I think, Jake Gyllenhaal's great performance aside, that he's not a Spider-Man villain in this film. He's an Iron Man villain, but Iron Man's dead, so they brought in Spider-Man to fight him, even though he shouldn't really be there, because the whole point is to make people think that he's really good. So why would he need, why would Fury go off and get Spider-Man? I don't get why he's there. Um, I think the really long scene of Spider-Man asking Nick Fury why he's chosen him and then Nick Fury explaining in great detail why he's chosen Spider-Man. Beck has won every fight with every elemental so far. Yeah, and then Beck takes them to the table and says, I'm winning so far, but we're getting overwhelmed and we need more help. And then Nick Fury's like, you're the best option because here's where all the other Avengers are and here's why we've chosen you. And then Beck says, I'm getting overwhelmed. And, and yeah, but there are so many <laughs> other, there are so many the other better people that you could have chosen. Like, even if you go, oh, it's because he's a scroll. That's just lazy writing because they say in Captain Marvel that they sim. They don't say they that in this movie. They sim the recent memories, and the recent memories for Nick Fury are every Avenger ever plus more gathering to fight Thanos. And yes, Tony's dead, but and while you can discount Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange and maybe like a few others, there will be so many other people who would come and fight. You know, I think the Peter Tingle thing is stupid. They, they like it feels like they put it in at the end to like combat um mysterio because that's sort of like what he relies on in the comics if he can't trust his like visuals but it feels like then they're like oh but we haven't actually mentioned this whole film let's just put it in quickly at the beginning so we can have a joke about it 
how good is that horror scene? The oh, excellent. I actually, I just really, I, I actually kind of like this. It's not. I don't think it's as good as Homecoming for sure, but um, I just love it, and I think. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah if you yeah. guys like it, I don't want to like ruin it for you because that's like such a dick move. But like, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Mm. And the more I watch it, I think the more I see this film how because you said you know Netflix team, you know rom com. I think this film is missing one very important actor, and that's Noah Noah Centineo. Noah Centineo. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I really like this film. I think the Spider Man films always are really brilliant when they're not necessarily about the fighting so when you have the like high schoolers stuff and them just like you know traveling and i love i love that scene in the bus where he has to like sneakily fight off like i oh, love that so, no no i love it it's so bad. <laughs> i it's love so bad. i love that scene i know it's fun you know i just think i just think you're taking these things too seriously <laughs> I just think it's fun. I just think this is neat, you know. <laughs> I I love this movie as well. It's this is my fifth favorite MC movie. I love it. I think Mysterio is a fantastic villain. Um and I think they set up him being a Spider-Man villain very well by building the relationship between him and Peter like throughout the movie. Um and then having their um and then having that change. Um I can think of at least four immediately off the top of my head that they have. <laughs> Um, I think it's out of all the Spider-Man movies, this is visually the best. It looks incredible. Yeah. I think the action is great. Um, I like having a version of MJ that's not unlikable and terribly acted, which is the first time I'd say we've had that in these movies. Yeah, and it's Zendaya, which is yeah, that's a plus two. Um, I, 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 it's hilarious. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it deals with the impact of Endgame and Tony's legacy very well. Um, I hate when people call him Iron Boy Junior or whatever people call him because I think that this is a universe where yes, this kid would be very inspired by Iron Man. It wouldn't make sense for him not to be. Yeah, he's rich. Um, I want so I think to that's rich. very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it, it's yeah, I, I really like it. I think it's excellent. I think it's one of my favorite. I ones. remember liking it a lot when I went to the cinema, just because it hate, it hits all the right beats for me. I think it's funny. I like Ned. I like the romance that Ned has, and um, I, I think yes. it's very, I, yeah, I just I think, think like, by, the, by the time they get off the plane at home, it's over. Uh, I really like the uh, memorial <laughs> yeah. to um, all the fallen Avengers. Oh, the start. Yeah. I mean, I, and it, I, it's a good trend of um, it. It continues the trend of Marvel logos getting funny music over them. Um, I, I, I think I like the fact that it was all drones. Uh, I think that's a very modern take, and it was all projections. And the problem with my only problem with it is that, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have Mysterio in a film, it's never gonna <laughs> be a shock that he's the bad guy. <laughs> no. Um, but um, like, the whole bit they go, oh, I'm from an alternative alternative dimension, and I mean, if you've never if you don't really know much about Spider-Man, you might find that believable. Um, I think I, I think, and it's a really good sorry, it's a really good faux um, a faux pas introduction to the multiverse like this isn't actually the multiverse but it's planting the seeds for what is probably going to come it's really good it's really good to explain that this is a version of peter parker that yes he believes in the multiverse so that when (laughs) all these other spider-men show up in the next movie it's not going to (laughs) be unbelievable he's going to go no the multiverse doesn't can we can we talk about that end credit scene oh jk simmons is j jonah jameson 
I could not believe that. My mouth was agape in the cinema. Alex Jones, J. Joe Medina. Yeah, so while I I love the scene (laughs) in itself, I think that it just shouldn't have been an end credit scene. It should have just been in the film. It's like the most impactful scene for me. And I don't get why they trimmed it off the end and stuck it in as like a little nugget. Just put it in at the end of the film. Well, it's for you to go, oh my God. Well, yeah, but that would have happened if you put it at the end of the film. and also, Sammy, you could say that about any. And also, it was a mid-credit scene. scene. It wasn't. The, it wasn't a post-credit scene. It was a mid-credit scene. I mean, just put it on the end of the film. I'd still have that "oh my god" moment. It. I don't get why they trimmed it and yeah, put but, some credits before it. But it's it's something that we've never seen in a Spider-Man film before, and that is his identity. Yeah, it's such a big mm. thing. Like, so why isn't it in I mean, your and film? And it's literally like, and it's literally like the well, it is. It's in the post-credit scene, but li- literally, it's like. He fi- he's finally in New York. He's finally swinging around New York, um, Manhattan, and then he gets to he his identity is completely revealed. And like, cause it's Quentin, cause it's Quentin Beck. You don't really know what's going on, and is he really dead? And did he really get shot? And all that. And it just gave me so many questions. And the more we hear about Spider-Man Three now, the more excited I am. Like, and the more concerned I am because. It, that, that could be a whole mess of a Sounds like doing so, so much. I might have, like I might have so this much. wrong, but you know but when Peter takes great, the Edith you know glasses it. back, which he shouldn't be able to do anyway because I think Mysterio is smart enough to wipe Peter off the system. Yeah, but I think Tony's also smart enough to put uh, fail. So Tony knew that his ex-employee was going to trick Peter out of the glasses? No, but I think Tony needed to make sure no one could reprogram uh, Peter out He of deactivates it. all the drones from the Project Insight thing and then but like what was mysterio doing before where were the drones that he already had um he's a really clever guy and a lot he had a lot of stuff so why weren't they surely they would still be running you know they're not edith well if he deactivated all the drones then i'm expecting it deactivated all the drones it's probably what happened there at number seven we have thor ragnarok now melanie I know that Taika Waititi is a uh, one of your favourite directors. Uh, how did you f- how did you feel about this film made by him? Um, I love it. I mean, I think it's it's visually stunning. I think um, it does Hulk very right. Like it's probably one of the best sort of Hulk films. Obviously, Chris Hemsworth as Thor in this one. Um, is just brilliant. I mean, he finally is like... I mean, I don't know what Thor is like in the comics, but <laughs> he's finally like... I don't know. He's like fun and entertaining and a character I can really um, feel for a lot more than in the other Thor films. Not that I hated Thor before, not at all, but I don't know. I feel like Chris Hemsworth also had a lot more fun in this one than in the other Thor films. Um I don't remember there ever being a part where I was bored in this one. It was sort of a film that really sort of made him feel earned as like one of the, you know, the top three Avengers. Like Cap and Iron Man, you already felt were like, they deserve to be there. But Thor was just sort of like, because he is quite powerful. But this film sort of was like, oh no, Hmm. he is a great character. He deserves to be at the top because this is like the start of a trilogy for him. Um like a character arc wise you have Ragnarok Infinity War and Endgame yeah and <laughs> and Thor and Loki finally feel like siblings yeah I um, love their, their dynamic it's a shame that he basically gets reset um for his tv show because 
the Loki that people mm. love is like the one with all the development. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it is a it, it isn't that Loki. It's a 2012 Loki. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a shame that character. they sort of reset the character almost to that point and then sent that one off. I would rather have more with the current. I one. have a feeling that he won't have any influence in the future of the MCU. That's just a that's just his own TV show. Because to- you have Tom Hiddleston. You it's not. Well yeah, it's not about. <laughs> it's not about impacting the MCU. It's just the character that I sort of watched over the three, four Thor films, and then two Avengers. So like Infinity War and Assemble. That's the Loki that I fell in love with. I don't want to go back to necessarily post battle Loki because it's just a, it's just taking away like three films worth of development for him and then sending him off. Did did Loki die? Did he die? Yeah, Lo- Thanos choked him out. Oh yeah, right. I knew I'd love this film as soon as I saw the trailer. Team Thor, sh- the Team Thor short, <laughs> um, which were released alongside Thor, <laughs> and he was just like Chris Hemsworth messing around with. Was it um, Daryl? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the office guy. Yeah. Just the guy just working. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, that's exactly what Thor was going to be like in the films. I like okay. Yeah, I'm I'm on board because, I mean, not the Thor comics are good. They're they are entertaining. They're all like mystical and ancient and godly. But, I mean, the the Thor we've got in the MCU has been very boring so far. And the more times he's allowed to be humorous, the better. Mm. And so for for you to get such a talented writer and director and to add such color to this film, I think that the Grandmaster is a well, it's just perfect, Jeff Goldblum um, being himself the perfect villain <laughs> yeah. at this point for. I know he's a side villain, but he's a perfect counter for Thor at this moment just because he's jovial he's all powerful but he doesn't he uses his power for entertainment and Thor doesn't Thor sees that he doesn't actually have to like he doesn't have to be the, the serious the brooding of, guy of Asgard he can just go around do whatever he wants and is the game master yeah. the this... same species as the collector the gr- yeah what? the celestials are they are they no, coming the, up the in siblings. the eternal he won't be in well, no, not not those specifically, but like the the species. Because he's um he's the same species as ego as well. Oh, ego that's cool. I really like ego. Yeah. But um, my only fault with this film it's is that too funny. I think that no, no, is that I I don't I don't find uh, Hela conquering Asgard that entertaining. I was every time we got pulled away from um, Thor and Hulk on where did they where did they get end up on Sakaar. Um, yeah, every time they got we got pulled away from that plotline, I was like, oh, this is only in there because it has to be a generic story. And but once you get but sorry, once once you get to the um, Bifrost fight scene, I mean that's that's the best for me. That's for me that's the best fight scene in the MCU just because it's small scale, it's on like a small platform, and but so much is going on and all the you, know, you get Loki coming in like, I am your savior, and then Hulk turns into Hulk and pulls the dog around and then you get the excellent fight and then the twist, you know, the, 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 the trailer showed at the start of the trailer Asgard getting destroyed, whereas that happens right at the end and it's actually a good thing. Like yes. that subver- that's one of the best subversions I've seen um, in this franchise anyway. Um, I I think the reason this film is quite low down on our list is because I've got it quite low down on mine. I've got it at 13 out of 23. Criminal. Um, and I, I think it's a great movie. I do. Um, I think Thor is great in it. I think Loki's great in it. I think the Grandmaster is great. Um, I think it looks fantastic. I think it's hilarious the whole way through. But I have 
some big issues with this movie. I think it doesn't get particularly entertaining to me until it gets to Saka. The only scene before that I get particularly entertained by is Doctor Strange's cameo, which I think is really good. Um, but I think my biggest issue with this movie is that it is too funny. They undercut... It's got no dramatic weight to it at all. They undercut mm. every dramatic moment with a joke. Like, Asgard gets destroyed and then no one cares because there's a funny one-liner afterwards. Um, the Warriors 3 get brutally murdered, who are massive characters in the previous films, and no one cares because there's a funny one-liner afterwards. I think no one um, cares it's just because the no whole one cared film. about those characters. Like, no, they but weren't still, the they, should, they matter. They matter. Yeah, in the no, you are right. And every, right. every single moment in this film that should have any dramatic weight behind it whatsoever is skimmed over and ignored so they can make a joke. And those jokes are all funny and they all land. And I think the movie overall is great, but I think you need to let some of those dramatic moments be dramatic. You've just destroyed Asgard. Like, have a moment to to mourn. Like, Thor's lived there for 2,000 years and he doesn't seem to care that it's gone. If my house got destroyed by a devil tomorrow, I'd be a bit upset by it. Yeah. Just a little bit, Also, yeah. do you, what do you think that the whole mo- motivation of Thor in, at the start of this film is he doesn't want to be king of Asgard, does he? He's not interested in the throne. But 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 why does it take him another two films to get to the point where he says, no, I definitely don't want to be the king of Asgard. Like At the end of this film, he takes on the, the role of ruler, whereas clearly there are people around him who he could just say, do you want to do it? Heimdall, be the ruler. I know it doesn't really matter because they're all massacred in like, the next scene. He's but... also off searching for Infinity Wars in the very f- Infinity Stones in the very first scene. <laughs> he's he's looking for Infinity War. He's off searching for Infinity Stones in the very first scene of this movie and then ne- seems to forget he's doing it and never mentions it again. And I'm sure that came as a big surprise to him when Thanos shows up at the end of this movie and he was like, oh yeah, oh, shit. that thing oh. I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Wasn't, wasn't <laughs> I in a pool some time ago? Or... <laughs> Yeah, wasn't <laughs> what, what, what was that? What happened oh, wait, there? Apparently, I've got an Infinity Stone on board now. And I, I even you know notice. what I I really like, and it's just such a small part of this. But you have like them all bigged up as like these are the gods. People worship them, even on their home sort of like planet disc thing. You know, they they're royalty. Doctor Strange, not a problem. He's just like <laughs> sorts him out easily. No no threat at all. And I really I sort of said about this when we we're doing Doctor Strange, but like. It really bodes well for the second Doctor Strange film, where he's already so he's already like quite OP, and he, I want to see him go up against really crazy OP threats. Going a long way back to what you said about Civil um, Captain America: Winter Soldier, um, he must have—I mean, he was already a threat there. So what film? What year was that? Twenty four. And he was just a really good Doctor 20... at that point, like. And so that. Well, no, no, well, no. I, I have a, I have a suspicion that 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 yeah, film they did Doctor Strange is set. Bit is set yeah. like earlier and so we've we have the good three four i think years they said that they they called him Grand out Wizard and they kind of but then they didn't do it for a while but they Grand just wizard saw... he's not a member of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> <laughs> sorcerer supreme yes the grand anyway, wizard um... of or <laughs> that's <laughs> um, a very different film do you do you agree with me that thor is the character that improves the most over phase oh, three God, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 massively yeah. The others are already great and they're built on, but Thor has like the most improved medal. Yeah, and I definitely think it's probably Taika just like working. But with I, Chris. I also think it's they realized in in the first Thor film, 
and Dark World, I don't think they realised what Chris Hemsworth's strengths were. Mm. And then you see it a bit more in Avengers and Age of Ultron, that I think they're realising what his strengths were. And then they reached this film and went, oh, Chris Hemsworth's quite silly. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a really Australian, funny guy. You know? <laughs> like, we cast him as this god because he's really buff and hot, but it turns out he's quite silly, so let's make <laughs> our god silly and buff and hot. Well, yeah. In Thor one, they casted abs and a chin. In this one, thought, oh my god, he can. He can in this one, they casted well. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. yeah. Also, the Hulk has never been better in the MCU than yeah, he is yeah, in yeah. this movie. Are you happy that they sort of dropped like the posh language? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hope, hope, hope. Goes right back to in the first <laughs> part of this, where <laughs> I thought the reason, part of the reason they weren't great is because you can't connect to someone speaking Shakespearean all the time. Like it's not relatable. Uh, relate, uh, debatable. Well, but like you, you kind of get what I mean. Like it's not how we talk to an extent it's yeah. sort of yeah. like it's very it's dated we're like, British. the whole it's point exactly of it is how that yes my brother Michael you <laughs> make a good point play with some really cute actors um hold on I, there's one more thing I want to mention and it's because we haven't mentioned it yet Carl Urban is in this movie and he's great <laughs> he is right. this is behold oh. this is my Troy. stuff together they Troy Des <laughs> he is great <laughs> What a great actor. He should, he should be Batman. I'm, I'm discovering Carl Urban now. So <laughs> Go watch Dread uh, Right, so the next film, the next film uh, is the first film of, of one we've already discussed, and that is the origin story of Spider-Man, which is Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Melanie, I understand you want to stop. I mean, I just love Spider-Man. I think next to Thor from no Ragnarok, I think Spider-Man is one of the best characters i might just be biased because i also just love tom holland but um yeah i think he's 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 definitely one of the best or he is the best spider-man not just age-wise but just the way he acts and um i think he's just really amazing in it and i think homecoming is really cute because you've got like both a very good villain and like spider-man you know sort of becoming who he is and like the beginnings of him but you also have just a high school drama and stuff like that. I do. So I, really I do like that. it as I. I like. I get in uh, Civil War. He's a bit more. You know, he already is kind of the friendly neighborhood. And I get in this one after sort of working with Iron Man, he would want to sort of be a bit more like him and sort of step up his game. Um, but I think, and a Vulture is another one where people went, "Oh, it's a Tony villain." But I think this film does Bird a better Man. job than its sequel of fleshing out why you feel sorry for him. Like, I don't feel sorry for Mysterio at any point, but I do feel sorry for Adrian Toomes. Um, mm. The vulture design in this is absolutely gorgeous and really terrifying in the, the darker, like, the nighttime scenes where he looks down with the, the green like led light eyes are just really scary um i mean yeah i mean with together with yeah together with killmonger i think the vulture is definitely a villain that you can get like you understand why he's doing what he's doing and why he feels that way it seems like there might be possibly and people have been saying this for every spider-man sequel since they started (laughs) making them but it does actually look like they're gearing up to sinister six because he doesn't die at the end and yes we see 
that he's die. also coming back in Morbius. Yeah. For what's guaranteed yeah. going to be ten minutes of screen time. Yeah, we see Beck possibly dying in Far From Home, but we do see like the the Mysterio like computer programming for like for it all uh, is sort of like taken. So, mm. and I think a really cool would be like what they did with um, Toby Jones in Winter Soldier, where they made him like an AI, an AI Mysterio with drones would be sick, I think. And then yeah. you have him meet Scorpion, um, who's also in this movie. Yeah, Nacho Vargas. which is a yes. fantastic casting. Correct. Um, I, I love, I love this movie. I have this at number six, yeah. so it's just below Far From Home. But I think I put them exactly on par with each other. I think Vulture is so good, and you can believe him so well. But he's also yeah. so scary. Like the twist when he shows up at Lizzie's yeah. house, mm-hmm. and it's she's the dad is great. I the think there's scene. a really clever moment in the car where yeah. um, such a great scene at the stoplights. And we're focusing on Peter the whole scene, and the stoplight is casting his face red, yeah. and then it cuts the vulture, and the stoplights go green, and his face goes so green. I, I really like it's that. It's really cool. I guess Amazing. it's not particularly deep or anything, but it's a cool visual thing. I just think the whole movie is really good. It's so funny. I think Peter and Ned is such a great bromance. Um, yeah. Troy is in this movie, um, and it went part yes, of the way briefly. towards setting up the community reference in in Into the Spider-Verse, which was the deepest <laughs> and most well-thought-out uh, <laughs> reference in any movie ever. Um, I've got one big fault with this movie, though. God, Liz is boring. Oh, my God, is Liz not yep. the most boring person ever? Oh, my God, Laura Harry and Cameron. Oh, get what my God, Liz is so Mary Jane get in Far From Home. Give me more Zendaya. Now, please, get Liz out of here. Oh, my yeah. God, go, go away. Oh, my God, she's so boring. <laughs> oh, she's fine. Also, it got... Um... What's his name? The guy from Silicon Valley. I think he's also in the second one, isn't he? Um, Martin Starr. really funny. Yeah. Uh, who's also in The Incredible Hulk, who is another one of the few characters from Incredible Hulk to get brought back. Apart from the uh, Japanese Spider-Man, is this the first time in a film where Peter Parker gets to go outside of New York? <laughs> I think the whole bit in Washington where... No, there's a where... whole film after yes, this the... where he doesn't just yeah. stay in New York <laughs> no no the first the first film Jesus yeah. Christ um, Sammy hates Farm you know, the, the, so much I think it broke his concept of first every, everything <laughs> everything outside of New of New York when he um, goes to Washington and he has to climb the tower only, the, the monument only to be scared of heights and then he explores the um, like the kill set the instant kill settings and then he gets locked in the warehouse which I think is a really funny oh, bit wait no this isn't the first film this isn't the first film where he Spider Man gets to leave New York because um aren't they in like Berlin or something in Civil War? Yeah, they're in Berlin. Well, that's a good point. That's they're a very good point. Yeah. Uh, at the and at the start of this movie, and then he's watching it in class. I love that Spider Man in this movie is another a far from home rant. Did they forget no. that Karen was already in the suit? Like where where Karen go? Well, because. Jennifer Connelly's expensive, and she probably doesn't want to do just voice roles. So, oh wow, it's not a you could what a waste of cast. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm responsible for dragging this film down the list, just because without me, this film would have been like third because of my contribution. It's sixth. I think it's just okay. Well, I have it. I never I saw really this. Like I have it at six. I never, so. I never saw it in cinema. Um, wow. I don't know why. I just didn't. I just couldn't be bothered. Just because it was another Spider-Man film, and that's what I was like. Like four years ago, we just oh what another so, one? Yeah, our um, third Spider-Man in ten years. And when I <laughs> but when I read about what happened, uh, I was like, okay, I've got to see this because I hadn't seen Vulture since like the since like the '90s cartoon, mm. and 
for him to be so different. And yeah, that twist is like, oh my god, yeah. what? And he's got like such like an evil stare, like he's gonna kill you. So I thought that was it. That was commendable. And then you also um, get the scene where Peter gets buried by a building, and that's like really yeah, like, which is really taken from so "If This Be My Destiny," which is the greatest Spider-Man story ever written. And they put it in this film. I think and they did it very well. I, yeah, I also got to say, even though the references are sometimes a little too on the nose, I'm an absolute sucker for uh, John Hughes films. Is it John Hughes? I think yeah. like eighties yeah. um, teenage like rom coms. Love it, love it. So I love this film. Yeah, it's a great movie. Also, we get two shockers. We get Tinkerer, and he he. So yeah, yeah there's a nice Spider-Man villains in this movie because Shocker is so he's not like he's like a C-list Spidey villain in the. Um, it is nice that he gets like a little sort of shout out. He's like, "You're yeah. no, you're the shark." We, we get <laughs> we get two shockers, and the first one dies real hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> he gets like disintegrated. Yeah, because really thought it was the anti grav gun. Do you think this works as a really good epilogue um, to and uh, to Avengers? I feel there are a lot of these films are like, what is it like for the small? Uh, you don't get sorry, you don't get much like view of the small guy, like yeah. who cleans up after. Because yeah, they almost made the damage control show after this film, didn't they? But they ended up cancelling it. But I think that would have been really cool just to see what real people in this world having to deal with all of these superheroes with horrible people would have been like. Because <laughs> like, with so much of this, all the terrible stuff in these universes, Tony Stark's fault, and I want to see how that affects the little guy. <laughs> yeah, but it sort of goes back to what I was saying in Far From Home, like. Adrian Toomes in this is one of those little guys that was crushed on by the boot that was Tony. And whilst it does a better, like, you know, Peter is constantly trying to be like, look, you, you don't want Liz to see you like this. You're better than this. You know, you don't have to do this. So it kind of, he does make a lot more of an effort to sort of bring him back and establish their relationship a bit better. But it is him aiding Tony <laughs> fighting off the little yeah. guy, really. And I know he is a criminal, but he's not like... A mass murderer. I know he does kill that guy, but he, uh, he does blow mean up too. Uh, yeah, but no one dies in that. So that was 12 to 6 on our ranking. Uh, we're going to do the top 5 as its own special episode, just because we got a lot to say about the remaining films. So just to recap, um, from 12 to 6, we have Captain America Winter Soldier, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Captain America Civil War, Spider-Man Far From Home, Thor Ragnarok, and Spider-Man Homecoming. And so I think we've got two Guardians films and three Avengers yeah. films. What an amazing list of um, movies to yeah. in the top yeah. five. That's a... <laughs> MCU is very good. And so yeah. all that's left for me to say is uh, goodbye to you and goodbye to Mike. Goodbye. Goodbye to Mel. Goodbye. And goodbye to Sammy. Bye. Thank you and goodbye.